0: Hello, Tony Reed here for Capity for Gay. As my first program in in 2022 is so early in the year, I haven't really had an opportunity to to record anything new. So I looked for a program that I did in 2021 that Can bear repeating. And as you know, I interviewed four of the new gay and lesbian MPs. And I must admit, our favourite, partly because he turned up in the studio, was the interview from May with the Green MP Ricardo Menendez March. So we're going to repeat that now. Actually, he hasn't got into so many Uh, so much trouble since (laughs) as he had before the interview and since then he has um, appeared in the media but mostly talking about immigration which as you'll hear from the interview is one of his important topics. So let's listen again to Ricardo Menendez March MP. (laughs) Hello, my name is Tony Reid. Welcome to GAY, a radio programme for LGBTI people and their friends on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM and other access radio stations around New Zealand. You'll be aware by now that I'm interviewing um, a number of the new gay MPs, uh, gay and lesbian MPs. We don't have any transgender ones at present. Um, And and, uh, I was always wanting to interview one uh, uh, the new green m p ricardo menendez March as he 's been in the news quite a bit uh, you'll have probably uh, re- uh, read misleading things about, <laughs> um, about him, and he is actually sitting in the studio opposite me so welcome Ricardo Good, thank nice. you for coming
1: yeah. thank you
0: for having me um, when uh, I hadn't heard of you before the election probably because you're Auckland based and I'm Wellington based but I I read up about the new MPs and you have a sort of very unusual back, uh, unusually interesting background you were uh, you were you were brought up in Mexico like, right on the US border only a few hundred yards from the border so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh.
1: I mean yeah that's that's right literally you could see the us from my house which is um yeah like a, pr- a pretty unique circumstance and, and um, geographical position to yes, be in yeah. and
0: i mean how did that uh, did that influence your, your your political views and your uh, very much yeah. yeah so i mean
1: i grew up in tijuana until i was 18 and so yeah. i did my um my intermediate and high school education um in tijuana and it's i mean it's pretty hard for you know, for someone who's growing up in a city like Tijuana to not be influenced by just the political realities, um, whether it was the constant, um, you know, xenophobic discourse that was kind of growing um, in in the U.S. at the time, but also the reality that literally the, the the physical environment in my neighborhood was affected by the border policies, and so you know, people talk about the, the you know Trump's wall. Um, and in my neighborhood we already had a wall <laughs> running across the neighborhood that I grew up in. In fact we had several walls. And I mean, you know, nowadays um the 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 home where my parents live, like it has constant light pollution just from the, the floodlights from the, the border, right? And it's so like for my family and I, like it was one of those things that um it's the fis- like it's literal fiscal environment that changes yeah. with those border policies, and so it was really hard to not get interested in you know immigration policy and and how how is it that countries can do such what felt like really aggressive things to the environment that we lived in and and sort of create this really um dehumanizing sort of structures
0: yeah. yes and how did growing up gay in in Tijuana fit in with that mm. did you have the the usual uh, um, teenage difficulties, or was it relatively easy for you? Um, I mean, I I think
1: as a teenager and preteen, like I definitely struggled in terms of like both um, navigating like what felt like really um, heteronormative and, and and toxic sort of masculine um, stereotypes that I kind of yes. felt like I didn't initially fit in into. Um, but I was also really Lucky in that I had a really supportive group of friends um, and family, Um, so I came out when I was uh, almost turning seventeen. When I (laughs) when I broke up with um, my ex girlfriend at the time, who's a really good friend of mine still, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, and and I was lucky that most of my yeah all of my all my friends actually in high school were accepting of it, and I think that really really helped. And to me, it just shows the importance of having access to a supportive group um but nonetheless you know like it was one thing having that close a group that I could safely come out to but you know um and even in New Zealand but especially I guess back in Mexico you kind of feel like every day is a coming out you know whenever you enter a new circle and so it's kind of negotiating how you're gonna um reveal your sexuality and and how you do it and and so it's um it always feels like you're in a process of continuously coming out to people. Yes. Yeah.
0: And you and you moved to New Zealand about 10 years ago, is it? No? So um almost
1: 14 years ago, oh, 14. I, yeah, yeah, so I came here when I was 18 um to to study originally. Um but you know, if 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 when you come to study as an international student, the fees are pretty steep. So you get charged 20 grand plus when um when you're trying to study and my family did not have that money for me to finish no. my degree, and so I was put in the position where I dropped out of university and went into work um, and took up on the trade of being a cinema projectionist for quite a few years, um, and and then I eventually got my residency, and then I and then and then I went back into to study. Um, having access to yes. student loans um, and allowances, yeah.
0: And presumably you're a citizen now. You, I am, yes, yeah, you have, yeah. You, which you have to You, yeah, you have to, to be to be, a, <laughs> to be an right. MP. Yeah. There was a famous incident a number of years ago when a when when one of the smaller parties suddenly got a load of extra MPs, rather to everybody's surprise, and uh, and they were, and one of the new MPs turned out not to be a not to be a citizen, uh. so she lasted about a day as an MP. <laughs> so, but 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 yeah, but yes. Yes, and you were—you were—I'd um, read that you uh, that you worked as a projectionist, and you were sort of overtaken by new technology. So mm. the, ex, the expertise ceased to be ceased to be relevant. Which, uh, yes,
1: and it's a thing I think a lot yeah. of um, a lot of workers are facing. You know, yes. the prospect of automation is, isn't new, mm, um, but I think more and more people are now being displaced yes. by new technology. Yes. Um, in my case. Um, You know, yeah. I, we used to, you know, the, and for many decades, you used to have people at the back of the cinema who were in charge yes. of putting the film reels together. Yeah. And so all, you know, all that we do now is just literally put a, a USB into a projectionist and just, um, you know, program the films. But it's it just means you need less workers in a cinema to do that. So um, what happened to me is that, you know, you kind of got demoted to being a cinema attendant and then that was an excuse to keep you back on the minimum wage effectively.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, and, you know, a lot of workers in agriculture and other sector manufacturing are facing those realities when sort of machines take over your job. Um, yeah. And that was yes. also kind of one of the things that made me quite interested in political issues and, and workers' rights as well.
0: Yes. And you've become involved very much in community Uh, in community politics and things like that in Auckland Mm. over the last few years. Yeah, I worked with
1: um, unemployed and homeless people for the past um, three years before entering parliament. Um, And so that was with an organization called Auckland Action Against Poverty. And so, I mean, yeah, very much that interest of working with um yeah. homeless fano and, and those that are in low and low incomes come from my own experience, just renting and yeah. working on the minimum wage. Um but it was also really um just a baptism by fire in terms of learning different pieces of legislation and how it affects the communities that we serve. Um, yes. So learning a lot about the Social Security Act over the past few years, and right. that's a really useful tool now that I'm an MP. I'm really glad yes. that I come with those yes. tools. but yeah. <laughs> and I
0: and I gather you were caught somewhat by surprise when you were actually when you were elected. Uh, you were you expecting to?
1: I mean, all the polls we're having. The, the Greens at a position where we would be having eight MPs or so, and I was ranked number 10 in the list. Uh, And so, yeah, I was one of the pleasant surprises. Um, And, you know, with elections, you hope for the best, but you're always prepared for the worst. And so I had very much had prepared myself for the reality that I was Actually, really unlikely to get elected oh. um, but did. also I had done the work to make sure that if I did get elected that you know I was prepared yes. for it and, and and ready to do the mahi as soon as we started but um yeah, uh, but, uh, the pulse surprised us, all of us, I think
0: yes indeed, and then you and and then you made a famous maiden speech which uh, which uh, which seemed to uh, resonate. Um, One thing about LGBT media, it's very internationally minded far more than most uh, than most media. So as a result, your maiden speech was sort of uh, was getting uh, was getting attached to news items all over the place. And of course, that meant lots of Americans were commenting on it. Knowing probably not much about Mexico and certainly even less about new zealand I, I, I was rather amused that there were constant negative comments from people f- from people from Florida so I, uh, so I, uh, I chimed in a couple of times to try to point out that Florida and New Zealand were about as different as they could possibly be politically um,
1: yeah i think and I think uh, that was because of the phrase that I used, right, which was the gay du crime yes, phrase in, that I yes, think indeed I, yeah. Um, and yeah, I did notice the coverage on some international outlets, and I, yes. I you know, the, the fixation with that that phrase. But one that I, it's you know, it's a slogan that actually has a, a long history in the community. Actually, yes.
0: I hadn't come across it interestingly, ah. even though I, I come from a generation where being gay was a crime. <laughs> in itself, you didn't have to really do anything much to be a criminal. Mm. But, uh, but I, but uh, but yes, I looked it up. I was, but, uh, I'm a former librarian, so I always look things up <laughs> um, and uh, and yes it it did have a history, and it wasn't as if you were sort of encouraging it the the, the context wasn't so much encouraging people to be no but uh, and,
1: and and but but i i mean in the context of it, you know even though it's really rooted in our queer community to me like it actually you know the, the whole um yeah. the phrase gate to crime like we talked has a long history. Of one acknowledging that for many of us, actually our own existence is criminalized, yes. but actually that um, a lot of the legislation just wasn't written for our communities, and yes. and you know, in the space that I used to work in with um, unemployed people, and yes. and you know, I'm um, working with people at work yes. and income, you know. Um, you're almost criminalized for being in a relationship when your benefit is cut off. If you're found to have, you know, to be dating somebody um, for queer communities, you know, our immigration rules prevent people with um, HIV from even immigrating because they're seen as sort of, a, you know, a threat to to yes. the public health system. And so sometimes I think, you know, when we say be gay, to crime, it's more about um owning the fact that there's a history of us being criminalized and challenging it and sometimes thinking actually what is legal or illegal is not always what's morally right and like as legislators actually that's kind of part of us analyzing that and thinking well maybe the laws that we have don't have to be there like forever and there's a history that some of them were actually made to harm some of our members of our community Um, or sometimes they weren't made with that intention Mm. and they're, nonetheless, they're still causing harm and we should change them, which is kind of the whole purpose of being an MP, right, is to legislate yes, and to, yes, change, to change. So it's kind of like big A make laws now. Um, <laughs> as, yeah.
0: Yes. And, and, and as you say, the laws don't, uh, um, uh, don't always fit. I mean, when we changed the Marriage Act here, I think we sort of uh, did it fairly uh, fairly neatly, um, Britain produced a whole new—it's a completely separate piece of legislation hmm. for um, uh, 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 for same sex for same sex marriage—and they. I was reading only this morning that they've that they've rejected including gender non-binary people in the discrimination legislation because it's too complicated. Because hmm. uh, you know the whole legislation is is. All legislation is set up for binary, binary gender, and transgender people can fit into that um, more or less. Mm. But gender, gender non-binary is just out of the question, you know, uh, which is uh, uh, again, um, again interesting.
1: And we've, I mean, and we've got a long way to go, I think, yes. to um, for our legislation to be inclusive of yes. our non-binary and trans communities and. Yes. Yes. You know, I I do feel like it's more important now than ever to just yes. be really steadfast and unapologetic about um, being in allyship and in solidarity with our trans and non-binary communities. I think there's a lot of yes. pushback on, those, um, on people's rights in um, yes, th- those yes. communities. And so it's just really important, I think, especially for those in, who are, you know, in parliament, to just make it really clear where we stand on it and that, um, you know, we don't accept transphobic and or... Um, just what actually is queerphobic yes. um just rhetoric which is um starting to become more and more prominent in parliament and that's
0: really concerning it is it is already becoming uh um, I was concerned because uh, the situation in Britain, where you'd be not surprised, I originally come from, um, uh, is is has has got very bad. There is there is there is a lot of there is a lot of growing. Uh, uh, there's a lot of growing transphobia, and mm. the current government is backing off. And I'm hoping. New, often, what happens in in the UK or the US starts gets to New Zealand a few years later, and so. I hope we're all geared up to to fight it and I think
1: Yeah and, my, and yes. I mean this is why my colleague Elizabeth Kiddick's member's bill I think is quite yes. important around yes. you know amending the human rights act to make sure that we yes. um include you know yes. um protecting um yes. people from discrimination based on their yes. gender identity you know yes. sexuality yes. Um, and sexual characteristics yes. and I think that's actually really important in terms of sending a message yes. around um where we stand, and yes. I do think we don't have to cave in into the really toxic discourse that is happening over in the UK, which I do find yeah really concerning.
0: Yes, that it, yes indeed. Yeah. Um, after you became an MP, um, you also got into the news by going back to Mexico mm. for your uh, to for your family because of uh, um, um, because of illness and bringing back and coming back with your Mexican with your Mexican partner mm. which rather unfairly I felt uh, I thought uh, was was used a bit by national to say you'd got sort of special special treatment mm. even though you hadn't and he's not here on a permanent visa is he he's here in a six month is he?
1: yeah I mean um, no nobody can well, I mean, unless you apply for a residency class visa, um, yes. most people who are um, partners of New Zealand citizens who yes. overseas um, they come on a temporary visa, and that's kind of that, a, that's a, the that's the standard. That's um, the standard. Yeah, and and yeah, I I do think it was unfortunate um, that um, what had happened was national um, MPs using their select committee, so like their time in parliament, to sort of um, make those political points scoring, um, and it's a shame because I think you know, one of the one of the weird, unlikely alliances, um mm. not alliances, but co- points of common interest um between myself and some of the national MPs is around um advocating for migrant families that had been separated. And so I felt that um you know that's an issue I've been really active on. But, um and, yes. and that some national MPs actually have been really active on and, and and good on them. But I think once those issues are used for political point scoring as opposed to just looking at, hey look We've got families who have been separated because of the pandemic, and we've got um, children that are growing up separated from the parents, and who's yeah. because they can't be reunited because of the you know discriminatory immigration rules, we lose sight of the bigger picture. And so I'm quite glad that I think you know those national MPs have now refocused on the bigger picture. Yeah, good. Um, but it is it is also the reality that um, you know we can't ignore the. the uh, the homophobia that often comes at plays when when people when you know especially couples who are queer are sort of put into the public arena, and so like the reality was that there was a lot of homophobic backlash for something that should have not been the case, and that was unfortunate,
0: yes. I must admit, in the negative comments on Facebook I read—the race uh, racism was stronger than homophobia. Oh, oh. Uh, Their uh, go back to Mexico, so, you know, uh, 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 sort of, sort of, sort of thing. Uh, but, 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 but that's so common.
1: And and at the same time, you know, I, you know, <clears throat> what I do want to make it clear is that actually, on a personal note, the feedback I received from the from the community and from many New Zealanders actually was one of um, great empathy and, and okay. understanding about yeah. the fact that nobody, you know, nobody asked for a pandemic, nobody asked for us to be separated from our loved ones. And no. so, um, I was really thankful for the for the like what was actually a lot of support from people who don't even necessarily vote Greens. Um, yeah. and so, you know, I, I hold on to that and. And and just remind myself that, you know, yeah. none of us asked for the situation the pandemic created and that, you know, for those of us with family where there's where COVID is raging, like it's pretty precarious for some people and obviously, you know, if you're from the UK you probably will know having if you've got friends or relatives there just how um how tense it is for some people because it's, you know, every every month you're kinda scared that um, you know, someone you know is going to die from COVID. And that was definitely a situation for my family where yes. several of her family friends passed away yes, indeed. from COVID. And and so um, that's a reality that, you know, for those of us with family overseas, we're very much connected to, even though maybe here we're a lot
0: safer. Yes, yes, indeed. I think, uh, yes, I think people aren't, aren't, aren't here, aren't, aren't very aware. Capity particularly is terribly overlaid back. And I... <laughs> if if anything if anything got in it would devastate this this uh, this area in particular mm. but the, uh, but we are we we are a bit blasé about the whole thing and uh um uh, uh, uh y- yes you've you've mentioned immigration so uh, um and uh the 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 immigration department does not have a good reputation for uh, for uh, for efficiency or mm. uh, 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 or um, or sort of really or sort of really using natural justice to make decisions uh, they seem to uh, I think I was uh, in a case. Just of a holiday that i 've had in my uh, in, in my household, you know a person ticks wrong boxes and that 's it there's no there's no uh, there doesn 't seem to be facility for using sort of practical sort of common sense and looking at individual individual cases and you're fi- you 're presumably finding that quite a bit in your work.
1: i mean uh, one of the areas that I work on a lot is um yeah immigration issues and um I mean, every day I get emails from people who have been affected by the current rules, and I think, you know, um, just want to park aside sort of the issue around immigration numbers and more thinking about the discrimination that people sort of feel by the system, and you know, often what I hear and what and what we know is that our immigration system it has discrim has discriminated. Against people based on their country of origin, so two people could be in this exact same situation, but if somebody's from India, that's enough for them to be declined or to not, you know, to face extra barriers, yeah. to not even be able to apply for a yes. border exemption or a visa. If somebody's from the US, um, it's a lot, you know, you get more ease of access, and and likewise, you know, we get um, for our you know rainbow community. There's some issues like the reality that um, you know for um, couples from, who come from our communities overseas, where maybe it's not so safe to be out, it's a lot harder sometimes for some people to prove that they're in a genuine and stable relationship. If you actually come from countries where you can't safely be in a genuine and open, you know, like um, yes. relationship, and so I think sometimes there's that sort of cultural competency that is missing, and um, and also the fact that we discriminate people based on. Um, Diagnosis such as HIV and and without acknowledging that HIV now Got ease of access for treatment and that you can live a fulsome yes. complete life um, Living with HIV and that that shouldn't be a reason for discriminating people to even enter the country
0: Yes, oh uh, yes, as I think we as a uh, as I mentioned to you earlier we were we uh, Groups I've been in have been campaigning for years and years to uh, Uh, for a more equitable blood donation service for example Mm. for uh, uh, for uh, for gay men and one of the one of the one of the problems that the extremely conservative nature of the New Zealand blood service in always just waiting for everybody else to do something and then always being a step or two behind um, is that it is that it reflects is that it almost encourages the 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 now outmoded view that HIV people are dangerous and, and and infectious whereas the 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 system now is that um, HIV HIV positive people if they take the right medicines are completely are, are not even any danger to their own partners let alone <laughs> uh, 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 let alone the more general public mm.
1: yeah and i think um you know the 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 blanket policies that ultimately affect yes rainbow communities disproportionately um, do need to be revised and you know I do think a yes. more um, yes. assessment on people's individual health as for the purposes of blood donation probably yes. is a much yes. m- a much more equitable and less discriminatory yes. approach than a blanket ban on people yes. who um, are part of the, the community and I think um, that's something that is reflected as well in some how some of the rules on immigration again work yes. and the fact that yes. you know so, we yeah, have that. this sort of blank like blanket discriminatory policies on people who have HIV diagnoses and um, for so-called public health concerns. And A, we're really passed beyond that. But um, the other message that those policies send our communities is that if you, you know, it just people getting tested out of fear that then if they do get a diagnosis, that they'll face discrimination. And actually, we should encouraging people to get tested and yes. reduce those barriers that send a message to people that they'll be punished for, you know, looking after the health because that's yes. actually against what you know a public yes. health approach to to HIV and to other things yes. would tell us. Yeah,
0: the, you you've also been quite vocal on the on benefit, uh, on issues around benefits as as your other main. Uh, main uh, portfolio I think social is, is social um, is social policy i mm. think um, uh, um, i think i i think I saw a, I I saw a speech on uh, recently where you where you were quite positive about the recent budget and sort of said mm. sort of said, Well done, but more please <laughs> more or less
1: yeah i think and I think that 's the <laughs> general theme right is that um, yes. look benefits are really low and and despite the fact that this government um, you know, increased benefits. Um, they're increasing the job seeker benefit to three hundred and fifteen a week, and like that. Uh, you know, for our in our major urban centres, like I mean, in general, it's really low. But for places where rents are really high, that's yes. that's not nearly enough to survive no. on. And you know, we, for me, it's also a, and one of those issues where we we talk a lot about at the moment about reforming our health system and. Um, you know, creating a new health authority that will help you know ensure that people are are well, mm. but the truth is is that a lot of the reasons why people are actually going to hospitals and are getting yes. sick is for preventable diseases that come from having poor housing and not enough money yeah. um, and so one of the best ways that we can look after people 's health at the moment is making sure that people have enough money to to eat good abundant good quality food and that they can live in warm homes mm. so that they're not getting preventable respiratory illnesses so that's why mm. we keep pushing for higher yes. benefits but you know yeah. we do support the direction of increasing yeah. benefits we just How, think yeah. it's How
0: have you found being an MP i mean it's all very much bound up in protocols and how um, and um, and how you behave uh, often for somebody who's just been working in the community it can be quite frustrating and there are lots of history of people who basically burn themselves out trying to trying too too hard to sort of beat the system
1: I mean I think the place has a lot of rules that you know you sometimes just wonder we don't really stop and ask ourselves why some of the rules are the way they are and i mean i think of some of the oddities of being in the house and when we're scrutinizing legislation and we're waiting to make debates you know literally we all stand up and yell at the speaker trying to get the you know a say and it kind of feels very outdated like very disorderly sometimes um and likewise, you know, we we went through the whole debate around whether ties should be allowed in parliament oh, or yes, otherwise, so and like, that. you know, and I was one of the people who actually challenged that rule because I was wearing a, 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 a what we call a bolo tie, which is, yes. you know, I yes, think yes, it's a tie, true. but um, some people thought otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. But all it took was, you know, YTT um, rightfully sort of practicing yeah. it, and and also having a precedent where I was allowed to wear a bolo tie, and that kind of snowballed into just the wider debate, and then the rule got changed and. A lot of MPs and commentators thought that this was going to be the death of Parliament being professional and nothing has changed. No. It just means that people have a yes. more of a right to expressing themselves more authentically. And actually, I do think we should be working towards Parliament uh, enabling people from our communities to just express themselves for who they are because then the voters can actually see MPs for who they are. The more yes. that people are allowed to express themselves authentically, yeah. the more voters actually know who their representatives are because they don't all look... The same in grey yes. suits in the house.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. so yes, there is that side. But you're not. Uh, but you're not heading for burnout or frustration or no, over-frustration yet. Frustration, yeah.
1: Oh, well, I've only been there six months. So, um, <laughs> yes. You know, I'll, time will tell. But I, I'm trying to look after myself to make oh, sure well. it doesn't happen.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that. And that is our uh, uh, that is our program. And, awesome. uh, Thank you very much, Ricardo, for making the time to come, uh, to come to Waikanae and to be interviewed. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website.
1: Thank you, New Zealand On Air.